Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the LA Confidential Podcast. My name is Aiden. I'm joined here by Dustin Elliott, Hello. Christopher Elliott, and Aaron Elliott. How are you all doing? Aaron, you didn't partake in the acapella. Why? I forgot. <laughs> A lot of stuff happened to me today. I oh, feel like I'm yeah. jaded now. How about we talk about that? Yeah, we should. What did we do today, Aaron? Well, we decided on this fateful day. Oh, God, you're so Now we were going to go surfing. I know. Yes, horrible, we're, well, we're, we should say we're in Bali. Bali. Bali, Indonesia. We're still We haven't Bali. left yet. And Long. today was the day that Dustin talked us into going surfing. Yes. And, uh, and surf we did. So we, went, we've, we got a, a lesson and we rented a board. And then what happened? <laughs> Well, Dustin, you had a good experience. Why don't you say? Yeah, we should start well, with a positive experience. Yeah, so I went out for two hours with an instructor, and he was great. So if you ever want to go surfing here, it is, it is some of the best waves in the world, and the, the, uh, the surf instructors are very, very friendly, and it's, it's, it's very safe. I mean, there's not tiger shark maulings and chompings. It's, it's reef sharks, and, and what are the other sharks? Lemon sharks, I think? One of those sharks. But either way... Um, I don't know much about the ocean, but I decided I was going to go out there, and I uh, had a great experience. It was two hours, and it, it, and also too, if you're weak in the upper body and core, it is a great workout for that whole um, area of your body. So I'm going to sleep very well tonight. I was really tired, and I, I really enjoyed myself, and it was cheap. I mean, honestly, to get lessons, surf lessons for two hours, it's around um, twenty three dollars. Okay, so that's not bad. I think that's yeah. way more in other places. So oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And but we only had enough cash to cover one uh, lesson, and then we had enough for a rental. Mm-hmm. So Aaron and I decided we were going to watch you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we were going to take the board out on our own. We were pretty confident that we could do it. Yeah. So we get out there, and actually, uh, we only had one board. So Aaron took the board out. You guys were out by the waves, and I swam out. Chris is an excellent swimmer. In case. The listeners here don't know. He's a really good swimmer. <laughs> Imagine him swimming in water right now. Anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, we get out there, and as soon as, and I, when I get out, I look over at Aaron, and Aaron says, I'm really tired. I'm going to go back. So Aaron, why don't you pick it up from there? Oh, gosh. Why? So surfing is hard. And, yes. you know, there's only one person that has enough attention for one person. So with uh, the surf instructor... <laughs> I don't know. So I didn't get any attention. I was really battling the waves and I, I couldn't get over them. I got knocked down like three times and I was just like, I, I'm running out of energy. Like I'm, I'm using up all my adrenaline here just so that way after I get wiped out, I can just get, uh, I can get back on the board. And then after that, I just get, you know, battered again. Yeah. And it was in what they call the, the whitewash or the danger zone where you keep getting pummeled over and over and over again. And with these long foam boards that they, that they have for the beginners there, you can't duck dive with them. You can only go over the waves. And if the waves are too big, they, they just they take you. Yeah. That brings us to this week's question, which is, have you ever done something on vacation that you've regretted? Because I think that probably we, even though we are grateful for the experience of surfing in Bali, I think that we maybe wouldn't have done it at least the same way that we did it. So possibly. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Bali because we have had a fascinating week here. 
we've all done our own thing. Uh, Dustin, you've been hanging out at the beach a lot. Aaron and I have been looking at hotels and I went on one of the hotels and then you've stayed here too. Well, that so, was uh, quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what have you guys been doing? We went to Bulgari Hotel. Okay, that was, yeah, earlier this week we went to the most expensive hotel in Southeast Asia. Oh, there we go. $5,000 a night for their base room. And before 2020, it was half of that. Yeah, they doubled their rooms after the pandemic. And it is uh, the most beautiful hotel that I've ever seen, I think. And yeah. you guys would probably agree with this. And they have their own little... Um, what is it called, the, the, the trains that go up the sides of mountains? They have a funicular. Funicular. Yeah, funicular. yeah they had their own funicular that That's went cool. down uh, the side of a cliff to a, a private beach, or as private of a beach as you can get. Because technically in Bali, you can't own beaches for uh, hotels and stuff. They, they were telling us about that on the way down. Yeah, but, but they do have a private beach. It's the only beach where there's like rocks on both yeah, sides. Yeah, so you can't Nobody really access can get it. to it unless you're staying they in can, the You can't even dock a boat there. Yeah. Wow. Let's crazy. describe uh, the the Bulgari because I think that we, you know we can we can post a, a photo and we will. But what does it look like? It is uh, possibly the most beautiful hotel that I think I've ever seen. It's like these beautiful kind of thatched roof villas. No, they're not really thatched roof, but they're the in, in that style, a Balinese style, and they're just so beautiful. You walk down there. And everything is very quiet, very private. Yeah. Everything is understated. Yeah. And the interesting thing that I found was that uh, Bulgari is, of course, a jewelry company. And so they wanted it to be a jewelry company that inspired a hotel as opposed to a hotel that carries the name Bulgari. So everything is beautiful yet functional. It's very Italian. Yeah. I mean, I have really have nothing more to say other than the Bulgari is a very beautiful hotel. Like, right, yeah. and that's just the thing is, I, I, you're sort of at a loss of words. If you decide to go there, you'll be at a loss of words because it yeah. really is just, it's an incredible experience from the moment that you get to the check-in. Like it's, I don't know what they call that, but that's the, the reception area. The reception area yeah. is not a normal reception area. You get this amazing view. It's just beautiful every step of the way. Yeah. And there's really, there's never a point where you're like, oh, that doesn't look that great. Now we did another hotel uh, called the Indigo, a little closer to here in, uh, in uh, you know, what part of town that was? Seminya. Seminya, thanks. And um, that's more on the beach. It's also a luxury hotel. It's more traditional hotel, so it's, it doesn't have it does have villas, but it also has hotel rooms. And uh, they, that was a real more of a foodie attraction for us. They had a lot of, you know, the great, the big breakfast. I wanted to say this about the restaurants is I thought they had a really creative cafe where we got this one avocado latte. Which oh, was that was good. Really, yeah. really good. And they roast their own beans there. And yeah, it is the only five star Indigo property. So Indigo is owned by IHG Inter International intercontinental hotels and it's usually they're usually more four-star urban properties this is their their very first and it's very Balinese when you walk in there mm -hmm. they have like the big those big fans that you, you see 
They're like thatched fans almost. They're made out of bamboo, I think. Now, I've always wondered, <laughs> what does five star mean? Oh, no, let's not even go hotel. there. Yeah, no. what is that? What's the definition of five star? It's just a more, it's a high-end luxury experience. So like, let's say I'm going to the Radisson Blue in downtown Minneapolis. What's the rating of that? That would be, that could be a five-star hotel. It's pretty upscale, but it more likely is like an urban four-star experience. Now let's say I, I go down the street to the <laughs> Days Inn where they have like, I don't know, like six mules out front. That would probably be That's like a two-star. not a five-star experience. <laughs> Just about, two blocks down. Just how, two blocks down. How about the Hilton in O'Hare Airport? What's that? Uh, I would, that would probably be like a three or a four-star maybe. Ooh, you know what? Well, the Hilton, oh, maybe a four-star. Our last property of the week was the Viceroy Bali, which is in Ubud. And only Aaron and I went to that one, took some pictures. And we had, um, it was also a five-star experience, yeah. more in, I mean, it looked like kind of what you'd imagine Vietnam to look like with a big kind of tropical foliage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we it was kind of like uh, the soul shine. Yeah, I was waiting for the fighter jets from Apocalypse Now to come swooping down, you know. I think from my impressions, it was very much on par with it was sort of a Disney-like experience, but it was also a five-star hotel. Yeah. And so it was very, it was very, it was, it paid a lot of attention to details and it felt like everything was themed. Even if, even when you went into your hotel, sometimes they were using those thatch roofs, like those thatch roofs unironically. So uh, it, it could, you know, yeah. you had to replace them every year. Uh, no, sometimes four times a year they had to replace them. Four times a year because it, it rains. The, so you know when you, uh, so you know when you go by those temples and they have that that thatch at the very top. That's the mm -hmm. same thatch roofs that they would use. So yeah. is it like hay roofs? Yes, hay. Yeah, like hay. they're it's they're tarred. gonna it's tarred, so, right? Yeah, they're gonna yeah. replace those because they're very impractical for a hotel to have. Yeah, and they have to replace them all the time. But this was the first hotel mm -hmm. where we actually got to meet the owner. She was just sitting there and we walked in there and she greeted us and said hello yeah. and very nice Australian lady and uh, she, she was very interested in what we were doing. And then mm -hmm. we got a nice tour of the hotel. For me, I mean, it was a beautiful hotel, also very luxury. And then we had lunch. They, they said, we want, we'd like for you to experience lunch. And that was an hour and a half. Something like seven courses, I want to say. It was nine. Nine courses. Nine, nine courses. Yeah, it was a crazy, count. one of those crazy shishi experiences. It was not like just, oh, give us a burger. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll grab something on the way out, huh? Yeah. You want yeah, a pizza? No. You want a pizza? It was, uh, it was very, yeah. So that was, uh, if you want to go and have a culinary experience, I can definitely recommend yeah. that hotel because mm. they really, really, they try very hard to give you mm some you know it's it's art basically it sounds really delicious <laughs> one might say delectable it was well and and they also they have a vegetarian and a vegan menu there too so if you have special dietary needs they will accommodate you mm -hmm. nice mm -hmm. it was really good now you said there was even a um a theme within the rooms aside from these hail roofs what did you see within the rooms? Oh, it was just very very authentic balinese in the sense that they were using as many elements from balinese like architecture as they could did yeah. they use any australian elements no no uh, no they wanted to do this completely balinese and it was 
They had uh, antique maps on the wall of Bali. That's, uh, had, that's basically kind of like the opposite of Bulgari, because Bulgari was like, we are a little piece of we're a little piece of Italy in other countries. Yeah. So we are always going Italian first, no matter where we go. Yeah, Bulgari was that kind of understated elegance that you pay a lot of money yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, right now Bulgari is the top hotel here in Bali. Although raffles just opened, and I think we might be able to go see raffles. I'm going to take all you guys to see raffles. Isn't raffles in Las Vegas? Raffles, we stayed at a raffles actually in Istanbul. Remember that hotel that we stayed at where... Raffles is very high end. It's raffles extremely like high end, yeah. I could have sworn there's something called raffles in Las Vegas I could have sworn. Well, and that, and that there might be, but that actually was what happened was that raffles opened earlier this year and then Bulgari doubled its rate because they don't want to be in the same class as raffles. They want to be above. It's just crazy what some of these hotels are doing. Well, here. you know what? I don't think raffles could survive if they did what Bulgari did. Bulgari doubled the rates, and we were talking with the uh, people at the hotel, and they were like, yeah, we're doing great. People are liking the new rates because of uh, the, when they doubled the rates, there were less people at the hotels. Yeah, but it keeps the, people out, yeah. The, uh, but it didn't go, but, but the number of people didn't cut it in half. It's because the people who were going to the hotel, they actually were willing to pay the double rate because they just wanted more attention from the staff. Yeah, that's uh, right. So, I, so you have raffles basically that is giving Bulgaria a run for its money and then you have Four Seasons, which thought, well, we should have two hotels here. So they have two hotels. And they've also invited us to look at, to, to, to tour their hotels. So we're going to be really busy touring uh, all kinds of Bali hotels while we're Though, here. Though, out of all the hotels we've been to so far, and for me it's only two, but even so, I've noticed that the people at Bulgari pay a lot more attention to their surroundings and all of the things that are going on in terms of hotels in Bali. We were talking with them and they were saying, yeah, actually the number of hotels is increasing too quick. There's not enough infrastructure. There's already too many rooms for the number of people that are, go uh, that are coming into the country. So even though we've positioned ourselves very nicely with our price range and the type of people that we're attracting, there's just way too many hotels being opened up and eventually there are gonna be some people that leave. Yeah, right now Bali is undergoing a hotel boom and yep. that's one of the stories I'm going to be working on. Really interesting stuff. Okay, our question of the week again. Have you ever done something during your travels that you have regretted? We would love to hear from you and we would love to hear your story. We usually get a lot of really great comments. Last week uh, I pushed the wrong button and I didn't actually send the podcast out so people could only see it online. And so we didn't really get that many comments, I'm afraid. I, ha I have to also mention one of my travel regrets. Okay. Me tell too. Me, tell me your travel regret. Uh, there's a fake website. If you're trying to get a visa online for Indonesia, because you have to get a visa if you're spending over a certain amount of time, I believe it's 30 days or more, don't go to Indonesia Visitor Visa or application.indonesiavisitor.com. It is fake. And what, they, what you do is you sign up for a visa, you pay the money, and they never send you your visa. So I think I, I think I warned you about that one. There's a lot of scams for, for yeah. visas. And so they they put the one that you want to go to is Molina if you're going to get a visa for Indonesia. And they they just took your money and they're not going to give it back. No, I have to uh, credit card dispute. 
right? With, with the bank, yeah. 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 Oh, that's good, okay, all right. Yeah, and the thing with anything with that, that's an ad at the top of Google really is something that you shouldn't trust. Because I feel like that, did you get that as an ad at the top of your Google search result? Because it's very easy. So for, for listeners though, when you're, when you're trying to book to save you some money, you're trying to book something like a visa that you need, it's, it's the first, like as you're saying, I'm the first search results on Google. Don't, don't go to the, the first three or four that have like ads, ads yeah. and they're, they actually are scams. Yeah, and I think that's something that Google should really fix because for, I think well, they're making be, money off of that. I though. think it's an error with the formatting. I think Google really should make it clear that they're ads because right now, when you see an ad at the top search result for Google, it is really easy to quickly glance over and think, oh, that's a regular search result. I found myself clicking on them accidentally and realizing, oh wait, I just clicked on a scam. I gotta scroll down a little bit to get the real search result. Like Google should really be putting up the real result first and then maybe farther below. Just so you know, they used to do that many years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Google, is, Google is problematic uh, in many ways. I've had some discussions with them about how they are doing their searches and search algorithm and how what they're displaying first and you know people trust them they shouldn't that's just the and bottom line i think line in our issue. lifetime though we'll see other companies hopefully we'll see google kind of get broken up yeah i One think you're probably right my biggest regret through all my travels this has happened in a couple of locations but i oftentimes get into a bit of routine with what i eat where i go back to the same place multiple times let be shocked yeah, Libby Shaw is a good example of this. In France, like 90% of the food I ate was from Libby Shaw, and I'm surrounded by the best boulangeries, the best French food. What do you even call the, the French restaurants there? It's like, there's probably some name for it. And I just missed out on it because I was like, ooh, delicious vegan bowl from Libby Shaw. I'll just go there every single day. Yeah, we, we warned you about that. Yeah, yeah, I regret that a lot. Guys, yeah. just when, when you're, at the very least when you're traveling, just experiment around with the food because you're not going to be there forever. Like, you know, I understand. You know, in your own city that you live in, sure. But you're, I was in France. Same with Nice, actually. I always went to the same place in Nice. In Australia, I'll give myself a, a break because kind of all the food there sucks. But really, if you're in a place with good food, <laughs> experiment around. Test all the local food. Don't just get yeah. into a routine. In like Nice, it wasn't very nice that you did that. Yeah, Nice, nice <gasps> deserved better. That one hurt. The, right. Nice deserved nicer for me. <laughs> nicer behavior. In our last podcast, we asked, what is the most jarring switch between destinations that you've experienced? And unfortunately, I didn't send the podcast out. It just was available online. But we had one nice comment. Hmm from Sheila, who said that her most surprising experience was coming to Bangkok, Thailand. She says, we arrived at the airport at 2.30 a.m. waiting to be picked up by the cruise line, and they forgot this little thing called the International Dateline. Anyway, the next day was such a culture shock. Thousands of tuk-tuks and motor scooters with four or five people on them. Chaotic, scary traffic, but the most welcoming and lovely people we've ever met. We have so much more in store for this next week. We're, I think, looking at four more hotels while we're here. And I think Dustin's going to try to go out and learn to surf some more. Yes. So we'll have more from Bali. And we didn't even talk about our musical instruments. 
So maybe we'll uh, we'll say that for next week because we we have had some musical instrument adventures. That and the big going. statue, the big bird statue. Oh yeah, maybe we'll check that out too. Anyway. Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu that flies yeah. on the bird statue. We've it's got a cool. lot, so don't forget to tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening to the LA Confidential podcast, and we will see you next week. We Peace. appreciate your ears. What? Oh. We appreciate your ears. Yeah, we appreciate your ears. <laughs>